The scripture this morning is from Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 through 12. A season for everything. There is a season for everything and a time for every matter. For every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to uproot what has been planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. What benefit does the worker have for his toil? I have seen the task that God has given to sons of men to be concerned with. He has made everything beautiful in its appropriate time. He has also put the obscurity in their hearts so that no one comes to know the work that God has done from beginning to the end. I experience that there is nothing better for them than to be glad and do good in their life. The word of God for the people of God. Amen. Let's pray together. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts here this morning be acceptable in your sight. O God, who is our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, happy new year, happy fresh decade, happy new start over time. We've had about five days into this new year to be thinking about all those resolutions that we're going to break in about three months. We've been thinking about the ways we want to change our lives, the way we want to be better this year, how things are going to be different. Well, maybe that's just me. But this is the time where I start thinking about those things. How am I going to challenge myself? What is going to be different this year to make it better than last year? I had a pretty great year. Got married. Um, So that was pretty fun. (laughs) Have a new member of my family, actually two. I got a stepson in the deal as well. But I always want to grow and increase and be a new person with every passing year. So there is a theologian named Henry Nouwen. He wanted to do that too. He was always looking for new things and new places and how he can experience life in new ways. So one day his friends dragged him to the circus. And at the circus he saw these trapeze artists. And he was astounded by their skill. So he did something that most of us wouldn't think about doing. He said, hey, can I follow you around? They're like, sure, we're on tour for the next week. Join us. So he signed up and went off with the circus for a week. And as he watched them practice and he watched them try to figure out their new routines and and, and keep the skills fresh, he came up with all kinds of questions. 
They'd be standing on the edge of the platform, way high, suspended in the air. A clap of their hands would send dust flying as they prepared to leap off the platforms onto the trapeze. So he riddled them with all these questions. And this was the Ron Lee's trapeze group. And Mr. Ron Lee said, I don't think you understand how this works. My part as a flyer, the one who's doing the death-defying tricks, is not difficult. It's the easiest part. All I have to do is jump. The catcher is the one who has the hard part. The one who has to swing out at the exact right time to catch the guy as he, or gal as they let go. That's the hard job. He said, my job is easy. But you see, if I reach for the catcher, if I try to get to him, I will fall every time. But if I just let go and trust my catcher will be there, they catch me every time. Well, Henry was puzzled by that, and so am I. As we look into this new year, into these seasons, and we think about time and timing, it's really all about the timing, isn't it? You let go, and the catcher is there. Well, our scripture is about time as well. When we think about time, we often think about the fact we don't have enough time to get everything done. There's not enough time left in our lives to accomplish our bucket list. Or if you're a child who's home on school break, you may have uttered the words, I'm bored. And that indicates that you have this rare moment in time where you have time on your hands. That's a great time to clean your room, by the way. But our timing is everything in life. We worry when things don't go our way. We're concerned when things don't fall into our timeline. And if you're like me, if it can't be written down in my planner, it's hard for me to want to embrace it. I like to schedule my time. I like to know what's coming up next. I want to be in control of the time of my life. Well, our scripture passage today doesn't indicate that that's in our control, is it? To everything there is a season. There's a time to be born and rejoice over a new birth. And there's a time to die and grieve the loss of those we love. There's a time to tear down things that aren't working and systems and structures that cause pain. And there's a time to build up, maybe from scratch, something completely new. There's a time to weep, and there's a time to laugh, a time to keep silent. That one's hard. But there's also a time to speak out, there's a time to love, and a time to hate the injustices in this world. And if we've lived very long, 
we have witnessed these cycles of time and these seasons of life. Our human nature pushes us to try and control the seasons as best we can, to make them fit neatly into our day. If we could just schedule all of those seasons, wouldn't it be so much more convenient? But that's not how life works. And our scripture this morning clearly indicates that humanity doesn't control these seasons. God has made everything beautiful in its appropriate time. So does that mean we're just supposed to sit back and do nothing? Just wait for the seasons to pass, for time to click by? No, our scripture ends today with the words, we are compelled to do good in our lives, in all things. See, this scripture to me kind of shows that we have to leave the platform, the security to jump in and embrace those seasons of life. John Wesley, who is the founder of this movement that became the Methodist Church, understood the intensity of the charge to jump off the platform and to live a new life. In his covenant prayer that we read this morning during our creed, he encourages us to lay aside our timing, to put away our pride and our need for glory and to be noticed and to trust in the timing of God. So as we read the charge together this morning in our creed, how did you feel? Were those words different than what you anticipated this morning? Put me to suffering? I think I'll pass. I freely and heartily yield all things. What? It's not easy for me to freely and heartily give up control. And yet that's what we're called to do. This prayer is very difficult for me to say. I don't know about you. And that's why it weighed heavy on my heart to share with you this morning. You see, I can't speak for all preachers, but I know for me, I preach about things I need to change. A sermon doesn't come from me being pompous and standing up on a soapbox and saying, look at me, isn't this great? A sermon comes from struggle and wanting to be better and to be more and to stand up here and say, hey, you want to struggle with me? Here's a possibility. Here's a way for us to move forward. So this covenant prayer this morning is like a faith trapeze platform where we get up and we're required to jump off the safety of the solid ground and to trust in timing that we don't understand. And boy, is it scary. And the potential for failure is enormous. The good news is the Bible and life show us lots of failure. Scientists will tell you that success rarely happens on the first try. They don't get to write the papers and have the breakthrough moments the first time they do an experiment. It takes hours, days, years to meet their goal, and some even die before they've reached it. And our Bible is full 
of story after story of how humanity messes up and tries again. We can start with Adam and end with the letters of Paul. And it's all about human failure. It's all about how we as humans fall down. We as humans make mess up or we take risks that didn't pan out the way we thought they would. In our modern idea of failure, people can read the story of Jesus and even see his life as an example of failure. I've heard people say, well, if he had just lived differently or done his job better, he would never have had to die. The way that we understand failure, death on a cross, is exactly that. So what if we change the way we understand that word? Because what do all failures have in common? Someone showed up and did something. You can be a complete success at all you do by not doing a single thing. That's a sure way for success. But if you show up and you try to change and do things differently, or you just try to do something, there's a possibility for failure every time. And our critics like to come out when we fail, don't we? That's why we get paralyzed with fear at the thought of trying something new that might not work. What are they going to say? What are people going to do? What are people going to say about my failure? And this is a great time for us to practice words like, I see you. I hear what you're saying. But I'm going to show up and do something anyway. Because it's scary to show up. It's dangerous to be noticed and to be seen. The alternative is wondering at the end of our days if we could have done something more. And for me, that's even more terrifying. So how do we silence the shame tapes, the tapes that say, you're not enough, and who do you think you are trying to accomplish something in this life? Well, by God's grace, we are reminded of who we are. We are children of God. We are children of love. And we don't have to listen to the shame anymore. This new day has us all back on our proverbial platforms. Do we jump? Do we risk the possibility of failure? Do we trust the timing of our catcher? No, it may not work out like you have it planned, and that's great. Because each failure allows us to examine and learn something new about ourselves, about our God, and about the world around us. Each time we fail, it means we showed up and tried to do something that God has called us to do. We jumped when success wasn't guaranteed. So my prayer for all of us today is that we leap. 
Whether we're successful or whether we are failures in the eyes of the world, it doesn't really matter. Because when God has called us and laid something on our hearts, what do we do? We can sit back and be paralyzed with fear, and I've done that more times than I'm willing to admit. We can allow the shame tapes to play and remind us that we're just not good enough for this task. And who do we think we are that we can do that? You think you're really that special? Yes. You are really that special. You're gifted from God to do something amazing in this world. It may not be something that makes headlines. CNN might not be on your doorstep. But the amazing things you can do in this world can change lives for generations to come. So my gifted and talented friends, will you leap with me? Will we take chances when comfort would be so much easier? Will we examine our lives and remind ourselves that we are children of God every morning when we awake and when we hear those tapes play, turn them off as best as we can? And we have friends and loved ones and people in this faith community that will help us along the way. They're not going to laugh at our failures. They'll be there right alongside us and say, you took an amazing risk today, and I'm proud of you. And if we need to be dusted off a little bit, that's what friends and family are for, right? To dust off the knees that get a little bruised and battered, to get back up on the platform and take another jump. So let's leap together into this new year that's full of promise and possibilities. And let's be the people we were created to be, to set aside the fear, to set aside the doubt, to stop listening to the critics, to stop listening to the things that are not of God, and understanding who we are in Christ as we move forward into this new year full of health, full of joy, and potentially full of failure. Because failure can be our friend. It's not a bad thing when we've moved, when we've showed up and done what God has called us to do. Amen.